Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I'm your host, Heather Hartman, editor of Box Pro Magazine, and I am here with a very special guest, Dan. Dan, could you go ahead and say, hey, introduce yourself and tell us where you're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dan Waymura here. I'm a ex-gym owner, myself, ex-crossfit affiliate owner. I've uh, owned two now and sold them, um, but currently CEO of PushPress, which is a gym management software solution that's out there too. Yeah, awesome. Well, Dan, I'm sure our listeners are like, who is Dan the man? And how did he come into this industry? Because owning two CrossFit gyms, now a management software uh, company, very interesting. So can you kind of give us your story? You know, how did you come into this industry? How'd you get your start? Kind of walk us through the different changes and evolutions and where, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. I, I try and keep this abbreviated because it's kind of a semi-long story, but, um, I mean, I've been a computer programmer my whole life. I've also been an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, so I came out of college right when the, um, internet became commercialized. So the natural place for me to go was to start programming for a bunch of startups in the internet industry. So I worked for like MySpace, AOL, a bunch of these other type of, you know, industry as you've heard of Yahoo. Um, and <clears throat> along that path, I really, I got to understand um, internet software and I really loved the startup culture. Somewhere along that path as well, because during this time, what they would do is they would just feed you spaghetti dinners every night to keep you at your desk to work and give you Coke, you know, Coca-Colas all day long. Um, to keep you at your desk. Wow. I, I put on a good 20 pounds sitting at my desk being an engineer in through my mid twenties. Um, coming into my thirties, I kind of looked at myself and realized that's not okay. Like what's happened here. And I decided um, to find some fitness. And again, as kind of like this entrepreneurial spirit, I, I always look for the most effective results, biggest bang for your buck type, you know, for my investment of time, what am I going to get? And it led me straight to CrossFit. Um, joined a CrossFit gym, fell totally in love with CrossFit. Um, pro this story probably will resonate with a lot of your listeners, like fell in love with CrossFit, um, decided I needed to learn how to coach so I can help people, took the L1, got into shadowing coaching at my gym, ended up taking some, you know, coaching some classes, helped a buddy of mine spin off a gym of his own because I was entrepreneurial. Like he asked me about the business aspects, how to set up a website, stuff like that. During that process and during my meeting, a member of the gym, I had to interact with their gym management software a lot. And I was just severely disappointed with it as a software developer, like putting back on my software guy hat. I was like, this is not a good user experience. This is not what I know is industry norms is okay. You know, these are not what we're trying to deliver in my day job. So it kind of piqued my interest to that. Um, after helping my friend open a gym, I continued down my progression of falling in love with CrossFit. And I'm like, I have to open a gym. I've got to do this. I'm going to quit my day job and open a gym. And I did that, but I did that also with, half a mind thinking like, I'm going to check out all these softwares and see if this is the place to be. Because I think the software is the bigger play, but opening a gym is where my heart is right now. Hmm. So we kind of did just that. We opened LAX CrossFit in 2010. Um, this was the time when you didn't really have to advertise. It was like people just came to your gym because it was the newest, greatest thing. It was, it was a great time. Um, but we discovered just what I thought, like the software that was out there wasn't okay with what we felt. I actually opened LAX CrossFit with a couple other internet type professionals who were very similar to me. Um, and 
during that time, we got to learn the, the, the community really well. Like we became part of the CrossFit Affiliate Owners Forums, Box Pro Magazine, like all the little things that are part of this community, we became a part of by extension because it was just a natural thing to do. Um, and that really gave us an insight into what gym ownership was like and what our peers needed or what they were feeling about things. And that kind of gave us the springboard coupled with everything else I, I've mentioned, our internet background, um, understanding gyms and everything to decide we wanted to push in the push press. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's interesting. I, I think that's probably very atypical of the affiliate owner that I've talked to is that you opened, of course, it was your passion, but you opened with this idea of like, let's also explore this other thing that I have in mind. <laughs> I, I mean, mean that gym. It, it absolutely was a back, something in the back of my mind. Like I want to open this gym so I can understand if I want to build a software, but I mean, let's be clear our passion was in CrossFit. Like we were super into it. And if the software, I mean, there were many times in, during my gym and, and software experience where I'm like, this software is way too hard to build. I'm just going to focus on the gym and just do that because this is, I love the people coming in here. I love every aspect. I love the, my coaches. I love everything about this gym. It was, a, it was, it was definitely a trying period for a while to decide if we really want to mm -hmm. do software, but we did it. Yeah. So what finally led to that transition of transitioning from that gym ownership into software full-time? Um, I think it was honestly, and again, I feel like a lot of gym owners will, will resonate with this. Like we're all in the business of helping people. Um, that's our passion. That's why we're kind of doing it. It's a labor of love. Helping people in my gym made me feel great, right? Watching people get results and seeing them happy and building a community was great. But as I got deeper into this CrossFit community, I realized there's a whole community of people who need help too. And these were gym owners. And, and they needed help in bigger ways than just the members of their gyms. And by me, by extension of me helping them, I got to help all their members, right? I got to make them more efficient so I could, I could ostensibly help their members as well, which became just such a bigger passion play for me. Hmm. So that's kind of, once we had that epiphany that like, there's a lot of gym owners who need help. There's a lot of gym owners we can't help. And that's, that's when we decided to do it. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I, I can say I, I completely understand that in a lot of ways. I mean, that's what Box Pro Magazine is around for is to help that gym owner. We see that, yeah, if we help them, then they run businesses that are thriving and are good and successful, which in turn helps their 150, 200 members to thrive and have quality lives as well. So, um, yeah, totally understand that, Dan. I totally get that. And so I'm kind of curious because, you know, you've, you've been in that you've been in that ownership hat role and now you're in the software role um could you maybe speak to uh pain points pain points that you see um, maybe that you had as an owner when it comes to software or maybe that you see other owners often have com commonalities of like you know this is an issue this is something that people are like struggling to get um maybe this is painful for them in their software and that or that uh, pain points that software could meet. I don't know if there's maybe some commonalities that you've seen in your own uh, experience as well as other people you've talked to that you could speak on. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's so many, honestly. Uh, if you if you really dive into the details of running a gym, there are thousands of pain points. Um, I think the biggest pain point stems from the fact that, similar to my story, most people who open gyms were super into fitness, like super into helping people, and they decided to open a gym because the barrier to entry is fairly low. Um, I mean, the hardest part of opening a gym is really just finding a lease, right? That's the hardest thing. Um, but they don't really understand as they're getting into it that they're running a business. And they're like, 
running a successful fitness program in and of itself is fairly hard, but then layer on top of that, like running a business and it gets 10 times harder, you know, like managing your books, understanding like how, how to process leads, doing a sales funnel. Like most, most people don't like salespeople and they don't want to be a salesperson, but sales is so integral to having a thriving company. Right. Um, so I think to me that if I could solve, and, and this is kind of where my mission is lately, that's where the, the solution is, is turn, figuring out how to get gym owners, fitness professionals to become business professionals will solve a lot of the problems downstream because it will turn their brain on to, to more than just uh, movement, right? Like a lot of our, of our gym owners and coaches, they're so dialed into movement and how to, how to, um, how to make human performance better but they haven't dialed themselves into business performance. And just the sheer fact that they can get that dialed into something and succeed in it, I know they can become really good business owners if they're given, given that light bulb moment to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And could you maybe speak on a specific area where you think business owners could grow in or, um, in terms of that business side, maybe something to say, hey, like they're not business owners, they're really dialed into movement. But you, you and you kind of named a few different things, but maybe one area where you're like this is where maybe um, owners could really focus on this area to become better business people. So again, there's there's hundreds. Um, I'm going to speak to the one that changed my my world, I guess you can say, and that's in sales. Um, I grew up hating salespeople. I hated the encounter of salespeople. I didn't like buying cars, um, and I and even at LX CrossFit. We ran our um, fundamentals program with this, with the, the close, which we called between our founders as the no sale sell. Like we didn't want to sell them anything. It was basically like, we would just let them all sit around in a circle and then one person would eventually be like, okay, I'm going to join. And then everyone would just follow them. But we didn't lead that. And that was honestly a terrible, terrible way of doing it because customers want direction in like, if you imagine if you went in somewhere and, and the salesperson just ignored you, you know, like it, it might be a nice browsing experience, but it's not a good shopping experience, right? And once you once we finish putting someone through this fundamentals program, we just like basically just like, okay, cool, that's it, see you later, you know? And if they didn't say they wanted to join, they didn't join because we didn't want to sell. So anyway, <clears throat> learning how to sell and learning the process of sales to me was the most important thing because it made me realize sales doesn't have to be a dirty word. Sales can be literally just helping someone decide if they want to work with you or not. And you can actually steer them to not work with you if you don't think they're a good client, or if you think someone else can help them steer them somewhere else. And that to me could be one of the game changer things for a lot of gym owners, because they don't want to sell, they don't want to be sleazy or slimy and understanding you don't have to be can, can really help. Yeah, no. And I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people uh, in the past year who've said that over and over again, where it's like, it's sales is not a dirty word <laughs> and and it is a necessary part of this business and this industry and running your gym. And I think that what our audience has to grasp, those who are listening, is that you have to sell. Kind of what you're saying, Dan, is you have to sell. It's just the reality of it. And it sounds like you learned that. <laughs> it's funny because even, so, even when you say you have to sell, it kind of strikes me in a way that's like, Ugh. like that, I, I feel that way. You just like, if you feel that way, if you're listening to this and you feel that way, like I don't want to sell, just you have to rephrase it like you're not selling you're just pushing a decision you're helping someone make a decision and you can easily steer them away from you if that you know like the, the the person i learned to sell from said 
called it staying on the no, which means like you're not pushing them to yes, you're actually pushing the no. You know, like you're trying to you're trying to help them find reasons not to work with you, right? And if you can disqualify all those things, they're naturally going to want to work with you, right? So it's kind of a and it, there's there's techniques that, that actually make sales very palatable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that something that you just learned over time? Did you take courses? Did you have coaches? How did you even grow in those in that? I, yeah, I, I did take a course. Um, so I was part of the Mad Lab group. Um, shout out to Mad Lab. Um, I, I think they're they're intelligent, obviously intelligent people. Um, but yeah, my gym was a part of the Mad Lab group. Uh, they had a sales professional named Greg Mack, who I took a sales seminar from. You should get him on the show if you've never had him. Amazing guy. Uh, he, he stopped doing seminars. I wish he didn't because I was trying to get all of my gyms to go there for push press. Um, but his, his sales seminar, it was a weekend sem- sales seminar. I came out of it completely changed. Like, you know, like new person with sales. Hmm. So. That is awesome, Dan. Yeah, no, I'll have to, I'll have to hit him up, see if I can find him, see if he'll want to talk to me. So uh, yeah. maybe, maybe he was like, I had, you know, he just got tired. He was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, email and be like, please put on the seminar again. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think that's a very telling point. I think that's, I think that is a very, um, I talked about topic nowadays, the item of sales. So yeah, so I think that's good. So then kind of looking at back end stuff, um, looking at, you know, that management software level, kind of shifting our gears into looking at that. Um, is there maybe things that you see that affiliate owners are missing when it comes to using their management mm-hmm. software, maybe things that they're often not utilizing, stuff that you didn't realize that you should utilize until later in the game? Um, I don't know if it's maybe like data or reports or different items like that that you could maybe speak to. They're like, hey, like, guys, if you aren't using this functionality or if you aren't, you know, putting your software to work in this way, you might be missing out on A, B, and C. Yeah, again, many different topics to talk about there. Um, I'll speak to to the most obvious one, and this isn't necessarily a software thing as much as it is a business thing, and that's identifying um, KPIs, which are key performance indicators, and knowing how to use those KPIs to make business decisions. one thing that I've noticed is severely lacking in all gym management software, honestly, push press included, is a lack of KP, the KPIs that we use in my industry, which is SaaS, software as a service. So in my industry, all the owners are dialed into certain um, KPIs. And in, in, in my, my learning of all this stuff to how to run a better business for push press, I realized gyms are exactly the same as SaaS businesses, right? So we're both service businesses. We both have to attract new clients sell them on a recurring membership. And if our product is not up to par or a customer service is not up to par, they will leave us for another service that they're gonna pay a recurring membership to. So my business in push press is exactly the same as a gym. So all of these data points that I have to pay attention to in my business are exactly the same business data points that gyms need to pay attention to. Now, it's not, these data points are in very few of the software solutions and they aren't really being thought through by gym owners because, and this goes back to my original point, most gym owners aren't business owners, so they, they don't demand it. They don't say like, I need to know what um, my MRR is or my ARR is or what my churn percentage is or what my quick ratio is, right? Like a lot of these things that I'm mentioning, a lot of gym owners don't even know, right? 
So to me, that's kind of like our first task here is to try and educate on people on how to run a better business. This is one component of it, like what numbers to keep track of and pay attention to. And, and I'll be the first to admit, like push press has a lot of these numbers, not in the best way. And we don't have all of the numbers. So we're working on that right now because that's gonna coincide with us trying to work with our clients to educate them better. But I think if everyone starts paying attention to these, they're gonna force all of the gym management softwares to put these into their software. And as an industry, we're gonna be better because we're gonna be starting to train our gym owners to think more like real business people, right? Which is the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and that's, I mean, it's interesting that you say that. And I appreciate your honesty, even just being like, you know, push press, we don't got that yet. And um, I just think, yeah, again, it, it sounds like it, it's all coming back to professionalism and professionalization of the industry and making business owners actual business owners. That sounds like that's, I feel like that's a theme that we keep coming back to. So yeah, I just think that's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the fact that most of some, I think every system has these numbers somewhat, just not in the most digestible, perfect way to me, like we're all building, trying to build the perfect system for our clients but we build like to the squeaky wheels. If every gym owner was like, I need metrics, your system sucks without metrics, every system would have met, you know, the metrics as needed. But because no gym owner is thinking that way, like it's hard to build a feature for somebody that isn't gonna use it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a chicken and egg situation mm-hmm. where I think, yeah, this isn't just me. There's a lot of mentors out there and probably other software companies are doing this too. The goal is to professionalize and educate gym owners to be better business people and then in turn, they're going to start demanding the features that may enable that. And then we're going to r- rise the tide of the entire ocean, right? Yes. And honestly, yes. we have to because we're competing now against F45s and Orange Theories who get it. So if, if we don't figure this out, they, it's their game to win, right? So that, mm-hmm. that's what we're fighting against here. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, we might have some uh, listeners who are sitting here and being like, okay, Dan, I hear you. I hear you. And I need to, you know, get my professional act together. I need to become that business person. But they're like, how, where, what do I read? I mean, can you maybe give some advice even from your time as a gym owner, how you grew to understand what you need to understand as a business owner? Maybe things that you've seen that have worked well. I mean, it sounds like Mad Lab really helped. I just didn't know if there's maybe some advice or even um, paths that you could push uh, some of our listeners down towards to be like, hey, this is maybe a good place to start to become, yeah. you know, that business owner mindset. The, the biggest piece of advice <clears throat> I will give is to start listening to podcasts and reading books. So like I said, um, all business is kind of predicated on the same stuff, but specifically gym businesses and SaaS businesses are completely in line. The only difference is you guys are selling a service of gym memberships and coaching and you know guidance and all that, and we're selling software. So there are like hundreds of SaaS-focused podcasts and books out there. How to how to run a better SaaS business? How to run a better uh, even even some of the business concepts can apply. Um, you can start there because all of those things might not directly translate into a gym, but you can listen to them and say like, oh. With the context of my gym, I can apply it this way. What I'm working on right now is my own podcast and content series for Push Press, which is going to do just this. Take everything we've learned and we're consuming for the software business and then make that tweak into the gym business since we understand it and tell you how to do it. So that that my podcast is going to come out next in January, hopefully. I'm working on it. 
Um, but in the meantime, if you're ambitious for this, like tons of SaaS podcasts, tons of SaaS books, tons of SaaS blogs, just start reading those because those are people who are dealing with $100 million problems and, and they translate to you. So they're really thinking through these problems really deeply and figuring them out and you can make them work for you. Everything from like lead flow, sales funnel, marketing, you know, the types of ratios and numbers you need to look at. There. It's, it's all the information's out there. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. Can you maybe, um, maybe dive into a specific example of how the SaaS and the, and the gym business industries overlap, maybe a specific area. I, I know you've mentioned quite a few, but maybe a specific area and how they overlap and how that's similar. Man, it's just like all the way across the board, right? So uh, let's see, if we want to talk about something specific, we can talk about, um, I mean, we can talk about metrics, right? Like we track MRR. MRR is your monthly recurring revenue, which is what you can count as all of your membership uh, revenue. Um, things that fall outside of MRR would be like retail sales or punch cards, things that aren't going to automatically renew. Um, we track churn percentage, both in terms of, we call it logo churn. You'll, you would call it customer churn. Um, logo churn is like how many logos you lose or customer churn would be how many people you lose. But we also track revenue churn and that's how many, how much dollars you lose. So for instance, in your gym, you might lose, if you have a hundred clients and you lose one, that's a 1% person customer churn. But if that one person was on a thousand dollar a month contract because they got private training included, that might be 10% revenue churn. So you got to pay attention to both. It's not just like I lost one person. You might've lost your big fish, right? Or you might lose 10 people who are not paying you anything because they were on bro deals and it's not really an impact to your business. Might actually be good for your business, open up more spots. Right? From those churn percentages, you can calculate like li average lifetime value of a client. Um, you, can, you, you should start tracking all the money that you spend and, and categorizing all the money you spend towards customer acquisition. So that would be any ads you spend, any money you spend on social media, if you do, if you hire someone for that, and then any personnel that's in sales, which probably none are you. Um, then you can figure out a customer acquisition cost. And then from that, you can figure out like a gross margin, like a profit margin, which is how much money you make minus how much money you spend um, supporting the people that you make, right? There, there's a whole bunch of numbers that translate directly over from us to you. That's one. Um, again, like I said, important things, lead, 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 big concepts, lead flow, sales processes and funnels, your metrics, uh, churn retention strategies, community building. Like these are all big topics that are in SaaS too. Like we have to build communities in the SaaS platform as well. Hmm. Well, and I think it's really interesting and even helpful for our audience because I think this gym industry, it's it's been around, but it's evolving at such a rapid pace that I don't know if there's even an idea of like, okay, professionalism, what does that look like, especially in the, the CrossFit niche. So having this SaaS and saying, oh, this really relates, I think that's very helpful to be like, look at all this information, this, you know, and yeah. this SaaS thing has been around for a while. <laughs> and yeah. like you said, or they're dealing with millions of dollars. Um, so I think that's, I think that's really interesting that parallel and be able to learn from industries. And I think that is even a good note too, is that oftentimes you have to look outside of where you're at and what industry you're in to learn <coughs> and grow, which I think is really helpful, Dan. So, or, or within your industry, right? Like as I, I've, I've actually dropped into F45s and orange theories and core power yogas. I, I visit all these gyms and each of them have like a dozen things when you just drop in once that you can steal from them that will make your gym better. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, not not just out of industry, but in, like just keep looking. There's a lot of stuff out there if you're paying attention. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, that that makes sense. That's good. Um, and then too, Dan, I was gonna, I was gonna ask because I know, I know sometimes it's overwhelming for the Philly owner to like, like you said, there are so many software options out there, and it, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to go through. And once you set on one, it's really, it can be challenging to transition to another one. And so I guess, do you have any advice on, um? when Philly owners are researching or, you know, looking at softwares, how, how they can maybe even go about trying to choose the right one for them. Um, any advice on, I don't know what you even found as a business owner, or what you're seeing affiliates go through now. Yeah. Um, so there's a few pieces of advice. The biggest one I feel when I try and find companies to do business with is philosophy matchup lineup. Um, I think that that generally dictates the success of a long-term partnership or not is if your direction and your philosophies align with the direction and philosophies of the company you're dealing with. If they don't, it's probably going to be a short-term arrangement. You know, no matter how well they work for you, you're just not going to get along with the direction they're going. The second thing is um, kind of like how it lines up with your business practices. And to some degree, this is shooting ourselves in the foot because we purposely built CrossFit not to copy any of the other software systems out there because, again, when we started this, we we felt they were all kind of done either from a decade ago, like with business concepts that from a decade ago, or just done wrong because maybe they didn't understand what running a gym was like. So a lot of people that come through um, our funnel, they're running their gym in a way that's kind of not backwards, but not ideal for like we believe you should run a gym differently, you know, mm. through through like how you find customers, how you get them on board, how you deal with them, the types of plans you get them on. It's a lot different than what other, other people do. So a lot of times either people have to come in with us with a mindset of like, I'm willing to think about restructuring my gym. If, if that's too much of a headache, again, here's me staying on the no on the sales process. If that's too much of a headache, then like another one of our competitors will be better for you. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so you have to decide like, am I willing to reevaluate my business practices and processes or, or do I have a set flow that I don't want to change? And if you have a set flow that you don't want to change then you need to specifically ask very hard questions to whoever you're talking to about like, can you do this and show me how this, this, and this happens? Because when someone comes in, I need, I need to be able to do this and whatever pain points you have, make sure you see that. Right. And mm -hmm. the other thing is you have to realize in any sales demo or any sales call you do with any software, they're going to show you the most polished version of anything you ask for. Right. So because they because whatever question you've asked, they probably already answered 100 times. So they know exactly how to show it to you. Um, you probably need to get in. And when you get into your free trial, if you get one, work through all of those workflows yourself and see if you can figure it out intuitively and without too much pain, because that's going to be your experience forever if you can't. Right. So I think those are the biggest. Oh, and then test out the customer support. Right. Like because you're always going to have something that comes up where you don't really understand what to do or how to do it. So hit up their customer support and say like, how do I do that? You know, I want to do this. How do I do this? How long does it take for them to reply? You know, does that, per is that person knowledgeable? Do you feel like they understand your gym or, you know, are they someone they hired off the streets or are they somebody who used to own a gym? You know, there's a lot of like little nuances you can pick up that will make a big difference in the long run. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. That's, I think that's awesome advice. I, I, I know <laughs> sometimes it's helpful just to hear like any sort of tip or advice for a place to start, because I think this can be overwhelming, especially an industry that is working on professionalizing. <laughs> so I know it can be overwhelming for owners, but yeah. Um, and then Dan, maybe I love asking this question and 
Um, I know it's, I know it's a big one, but if you could give, uh, gym owners one piece of advice today, <coughs> what would you say to them? Oh man, this is a big one. I would say, and it's, again, it's going to go back to professionalizing, like take a deep, take a deep, big step back and start looking around at everything you can around you and Hmm. How can I say this nicely? We work in a very alpha male and alpha female in, environment where people are right and their opinions are right and no one else is right. But there are people in front of you and there's people in front of me who have done this before and have no have gone through the ringer and know the right and wrong way of doing things. And I think taking a step back and either hiring a mentor, looking for a coach or being open to spending your time to absorb as much content and ideas as you can and being really introspective of looking at your operations in your gym and seeing if, if there's things that you can fix. And this is a double-edged sword because I, I would caution against making changes for the sake of making changes. If you make too many changes, it disrupts too many things. Um, but being willing to test, measure, and validate ideas, figure out if they're working in your gym or not, you know, um, in, in a less an impactful way. And I feel like that's kind of a big thing to tell people without, it's very ambiguous, right, on what to do. But the point is like, you can always improve and it's easy to get caught up in the, the status quo of the flow of what you're doing. And unless what you're doing is constantly going up and to the right and just killing it, um, then probably there's something you can do to tweak that to get it going up and to the right. So, I mean, I guess if I had to boil that down, it's like be open to advice, learning, education, and, and or paying for mentorship from somebody who's already been there. Yeah, sounds like humility. You just got to be humble. <laughs> there's, there's, the, there's the one word answer I was looking for. <laughs> humble. I mean, what I've learned is everybody has a coach. You know, I have a coach. My coach has a coach. His coach probably has a coach. You know, it's like you always can learn. There's always someone better than you. So, yeah, be humble, like Kendrick Lamar said. Yeah. Yes, I love it. No, cool. Um, Dan. We've talked this whole time, so much good advice, but I want to know, what, what do you want to share about push press? What do you want our audience to hear from you about um, push press? What, what, you know, maybe what's coming up um, in the new year? So, I mean, I guess the biggest thing, again, I'm going to stay on the no here. This is, this is how I know how to sell, right? The biggest thing about push press I want people to know is like, we're genuinely here to help. I'm going to be working on this podcast and we're going to try and get some videos out and like 2020 is going to be the year of content for us. And it's going to be about, like I said, raising the tide of, of information and education for this entire community, not just for our gym owners. Our goal, our stated mission is to help our gym owners win. But the more people we help, it's, it's the law of attraction. The more people we can help, whether you're a push press clan or not, the more people we probably will be able to help you know, in the future. Like if I, if I'm helping gyms grow and they're not even one of our clients, like imagine what we can do if you were one of our clients, like we care that deeply about every gym owner. Um, so we're here on the front lines battling for gym owners. We're doing everything we can to make your experience better and your customer's experience better. Um, we just launched a free version of push press, um, which is it's, it's a pay as you grow program. It's $0 monthly fee. We add 1% to merchant processing. That makes um, it kind of a, an easier way for you to transition when you're starting a gym or maybe you found yourself in a rut and you're kind of struggling and you need a way to get out. 
that plus the content we're putting out and some of the guidance we're offering and our community of other successful gym owners hopefully will get you out of that rut and into our pro version. Oh, another exciting thing we're working on is um, we're rebooting our timer app, which is a, was a free timer we built a long time ago. Um, it lets gyms uh, run a free clock in their gym, and then it also works on iPhones. So your customers, like a lot of people in my old gyms would have the timer app, and if they did like a workout on the side, they would just use the timer app to, to run it. We're, we're relaunching that. It's pretty fun. We got a bunch of voices on there, um, a bunch of CrossFit Games type athletes uh, that can't go three, two, one, go and all that kind of stuff for you. It's pretty fun. That will be relaunched soon. So yeah, I mean, we're just, we're here just trying to help the community in general, like as much stuff we can do for free, the better. Yeah. I'm gonna have to download that app. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'll have to wait for that in 2020. Look for that new one. Yeah. It's out right now. It's an ad supported version right now, but we're taking ads back off. Uh, we had to put ads on it because every time iOS put out a new version, it costs us 10 grand to like refresh it. But now as a company, we're in a place where we can support it and we, we want to give that back to the community for free. Yeah. So we are we are That's actually looking for voices. So if you know somebody who is um, a recognized um, celebrity in the fitness world who wants to be a voice cheering you on or counting you down, feel free to let us know. <laughs> yeah, you guys heard it from Dan the Man. So <laughs> if I know of anybody, I'll let you know. So, yeah. <laughs> well, Dan, hey, awesome. Thank you so much for being on the episode today and being on the show and just... I don't know, giving, giving your words of advice and your wisdom. And for those who are listening, guys, he said a lot of good stuff about professionalization, you know, dialing that in, making sure we're humble and we keep on learning. I mean, look at your metrics, like data, guys, data, data, data. So, um, yeah, Dan, thank you so much for just being on the show today, for um, spending that time talking and I hope Push Press sees a wonderful 2020 and that you guys have a great year. Thank you so much. And that wraps it up for this episode of Box Talk. If you liked what you heard, or you have an idea of what you'd like to hear, let me know by emailing heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. As always, thanks for dropping in.